Hello and welcome to Waiting for Game, the weekly podcast presented by Melee Stats. And uh, we have quite an episode today. So if you came from the Smash World Tour Twitter, you would see that Smash World Tour has already begun announcing players that'll take place in the regional qualifiers for Smash World Tour 2021. And personally, I am super excited to be here with Edwin Budding and Ambi Sinister so we can bring you through the players that are announced, Smash World Tour itself, and just who to look out for. Um, so I'm Gimme Wheat. I am a tournament seeder. I work on the MPGR, the top 100 for Melee. We've got Edwin Budding here. He wrote the Book of Melee. Uh, Ambi Sinister, who makes uh, a lot of good content for the Melee Stats YouTube channel, does a, a lot of really great content on his own that deep dives into uh, some of the minutia of Melee scene. Um, so I'm super excited to be able to talk to these people about the pretty cool event that we're going to be seeing. So uh, how are you guys doing today? I'm doing great week. I'm ready to talk about some awesome news for the Melee scene, to talk about this exciting new news and whatnot. I'm just ready to go. Yeah, I'm doing great also. Excited to be here. Yeah, I think it's going to be uh, such a sick event. And I mean, I think all of Smash World Tour is so cool. So I just want to kind of uh, let's talk about what Smash World Tour is briefly, just so we can kind of understand what we're getting into. Because I think there's been a little bit that's been lost uh, when it comes to the whole thing. So Smash World Tour is going to be a series of events that takes place over 2021. It's going to have, I believe, six or seven regions that we're going to see uh, play from. And then there's going to be a finals at the end of the year. Uh, with 24 players who make it from these qualifying events. So what we're seeing right now get announced is uh, Central America. That's the first region that we're, we're going to see announcements from. And I think the group of players right here is so cool. Uh, Central America is definitely one of those regions that Melee players know the history of. Um, you know, We've seen players make the top 100 before. Bimbo's top 100 currently. Uh, we've seen Javi make the first two or three top 100s in any Mexico as well as been on several. Uh, but I think the region has like a real depth to it that we don't generally get to see when it just uh, like top 64 of Genesis or something like that. So I think it's super cool to be able to see all these players. Um, so we have 16 players here. We're going to go over them, talk, give a little brief introduction to them, and we're going to go in depth later. Uh, so I want to start with uh, the first player we have is Aza. So Aza is someone who been part of the the uh, Mexican scene for a long time. I think if you were to know them, uh, they were second on the most recent Mexican Melee PR, which was from 2018. Uh, but the super good Sheik player, and the cool thing with them is that they're this uh, player who's a little more old school than some of the newer names on here. And I think that that's like the big thing we're going to see with, with Mexico and Central America as a whole. Uh, can these old school players still keep up with these new age players. Um, what do you guys think about Aza? Do you have any thoughts? Yeah, I just think Aza's super interesting because I feel like we haven't seen a super great amount of him in quarantine. Um, so in my head, he's like a, a very, very big question mark. Um, I feel like he, uh, I, could, I could see him like super going off or I could also super see him explode to, you know, like one of the other players that uh, came up a little bit more during quarantine. So I'm really excited to see him enter this event and see like where he ends up. But big question mark for me. Yeah, I think that Aza is kind of uh, going to be part of a recurring theme. I think that we're going to be 
reviewing tonight about kind of like the new generation of Central American players against the older one. Aza, I know, was formerly number two in the country. And frankly, the last result I can remember from him was all the way in 2019 when, when he won a tourney over JPEG. In fact, um, one of the things I'd mentioned with Aza is that Aza used to be one of my go-to examples of top players from Mexico that I would constantly tell other people was legit, right? Like, Aza was always near kind of like that tier one and a half of Mexico, of players who I think maybe weren't necessarily known to the U.S. or to the broader international scene, but who always impressed me whenever I, I saw him take on, like, other top talent. So I'm really interested to see how he does this tournament. And we haven't seen him in a while, so it'll be exciting. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned Aza as this player who is like kind of um, someone who's really good, someone to watch out for, uh, but someone who might not be known. I think that that is a lot of the players who we see here, as you mentioned, uh, players who've been this way for a while. And there's some players who, you know, before 2021, before 2020, we might not have to see on this level. But that being said, Edwin, the next player we have, uh, someone who doesn't really fall under that category at all, someone who we know to be this level, right? Yeah, so there's so many places I could start with Bimbo. We could talk about him making the MPGR Top 100 in 2019. We could talk about several of his positive records over the field. However, I think there's one particular record that stands out, and this blew my mind when I found this out. According to the smashdata.gg base of results, he is 17-2 and against Eddie Mexico in their last 19 sets. Eddie Mexico, perennial top 100 player, you know, for, former SoCal PR member, losing to, losing to Bimbo nonstop. It blew, I know Falco Luigi is not a great matchup. I think both players are great, but this absolutely blew my mind. So to me, I think Bimbo, based on his records against the field, based on his extremely dominant record against one of the you know, best players at this event, to me, I think he is a contender for this tournament, if not the leading favorite. Yeah, I agree. I don't even know if I would consider Bimbo the best player that was selected from Central America, uh, but I do think that he has a very, very strong chance of outright winning the qualifier for Central America yes. specifically. I think he performs very well in region. Yeah, um, and before I get into this, I do want to say, uh, as proud as I am to be presenting this, uh, obviously, you know, being able to work with Smash World Tour in any capacity. Uh, it's been a really great experience. I do want to say that Melee Stats' involvement in specific regions uh, is pretty limited. You know, we're happy to be able to talk about these players, but I want to let you know that we are not the ones who are choosing specific players for Central America. Most of these regions are going to be built up from TOs, players, seeders, uh, from that region itself. So we actually had a really great group of people from Mexico uh, and from some other Central American countries who were able to make these selections. And I think they did a great job. And I think uh, I think you guys are right. Bimbo, obviously, he is the player who probably has the biggest X on his back going into this uh, because he's just the one who we know most currently. We have the most data on him. I mean, he's the only player who was on the most recent top 100. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I want to get into this later. We're going to talk about players to look out for. Uh, but I think that he is, it's not a given by any chance. Um, Speaking of players who definitely fly under the radar, though, uh, Ambi, 
we have another player who's coming up who I don't think a lot of people know about. Yeah, so alphabetically third on this list is Dash, uh, who I, I wager a fair number of you probably have not heard of. Uh, Dash is a Samus player, uh, formerly known as Dynadash or Dash Akari. Uh, and she's like a super technical, old school Samus player. Um, and admittedly, I don't, I don't, I have, I haven't like seen that much from her results wise. Um, but, uh, so something, something interesting about the, the Mexican power ranking is that it, it went down to 50, uh, which should, I think, you know, speak a little bit towards, uh, their claim of depth of their region. And, uh, Dash on the most recent, uh, power ranking was 39th. Uh, but here she is, uh, you know, qualifying for the Central American qualifier. So very, very excited to see her. Um, if you, if you've never heard of her, I think, uh, Something you should do after this is maybe go on YouTube and look up uh, Femme Fatale or Femme Fatale 2, her very old school technical Samus combo video series from like 2007. Uh, but very excited to see some Samus representation. Yeah, I think it's going to be so sick. Samus, obviously a player or character we really haven't seen a ton of over the past uh, few years. And being able to see not only one, but two Samuses at this event. I know I'm kind of spoiling a little bit. Uh, I think it's going to be so sick. And this is one of those players who we kind of mentioned, someone who flies under the radar, but someone who's been in the Mexican scene for such a long time. Uh, one of the great things about Smash World Tour is just the ability to take these players who have been playing in this scene so long and be able to give them like a, a pedestal, being able to give them a showcase. And I think that Dash is going to be a really fun one to look out for. Uh, Edwin, you got any thoughts on that? Yeah, I just think it's wild that, you know, the last thing I can remember from Dash in terms of results is she beat Languidus, um, like, a, a few years ago when Languidus was starting to get a lot better in region. So I'm interested to see how those two would do against each other. Again, very different tra trajectories and different levels of activity. But, you know, with, with higher stakes than ever in a while, it'll um, it'll be interesting to see how she does. And... I just have to add that it's very funny that at a notable event, we're going to be seeing two very respectable, solid Samus players, which is yeah. not something that we can, we can say for many, many tournaments today. I, I don't know if many regions would have that. But, I mean, hey, if we are talking about interesting characters, I feel like the next person on the list probably takes the cake so far. Uh, Edwin, I think you got, you've got a little to say about Dream, don't you? Yeah, so Dream has been one of the better or one of the top Ganon players in the world over the last couple of years. You might recognize him for having a run to having a run at Genesis 7 where he beat Curve. But I want to mention one very funny month of results that I saw from from Dream in particular. So his activity has been a little like up and down over the in April. Now this is a this is a list of strange heavy hitters for Dream. He beat YCZ, he beat Whiskers, he beat Ziri, he beat Nintendude, and he beat Lag, all in the same month. And in, Jan and in January, he, he actually took a set off CDK as well. So Dream, I think, you know, top three to five Ganons in the world. I, th I think he's got a pretty good case for that. He's been solidly active in Mexico for a while. I think he's been slowly but incrementally climbing up the ranks. In region, I I think he's he's someone that's always been steadily improving. Yeah, uh, I mean, so Dream, you know, we're talking about the the 
current ranking for Mexico, which is from 2018. So uh, it could be a little dated in some ways, but Dream at six, I don't think is dated. I think that he has proven that he is a top talent in the region of Mexico, despite the fact that he does play Ganon. Um, and yeah, you're right. Like at his last large LAN event that we saw him at, he was able to get a lot of really great wins. He, he beat Curve. Uh, I had a great time watching him go game three with Spud. Like he is definitely someone who has a lot of potential. And I think that there's uh, like not a ton of up and coming players who you could, uh, who, who play a character like Ganon, um, who have the same potential that he does. So I think it's super cool to see that he's on this level. Uh, but going on with the the topic of characters, though, um, we go from Ganon and we, we we scale down a little bit, and we go to probably someone who's maybe one of the most well known players here, Eddie Mexico. Eddie Mexico, if you know Luigi players, probably know Abate, and then maybe he's right. Has been so good for so long, and I believe he's made almost every top one hundred, uh, including I. I think he's been the highest ranked Luigi. He's like 31st or whatever. Um, so he definitely has the pedigree of a player who, who has like these really great achievements. And it's really cool to see that he is not slowing down. We've been seeing a lot of really great results. About his results. He, he's got a lot of funny results about like beating Fat Goku and stuff. And just the type of results that we would see about uh, from uh, someone who you know, has a resume of a, of a, top, of a top 100 player. Uh, yeah, Edwin, do you have uh, any specific uh, good wins you've seen from him? Because I know he's got a bunch. Well, the first three I can think of are all on Fat Goku. And then after that, I would also mention, I would also mention that he has wins over Zamu and Toussaint in, in the year. He is just, when, when it comes to someone who's able to take on the international field, I think he's as reliable of a presence as you could have in top 64 or top 30, or even top 32 or 48 of any. Yeah, um, Ambi, so we got another player coming up. Uh, do you want to introduce them? Yeah, so the next player on our list is Far. Uh, that is Far with an exclamation point at the end of it. Um, and Far, I think, is uh, maybe maybe I'm like, you know, to in the hole with melee results, but I feel like Far is one of those players that, like, if you follow melee results, you probably are at least a little bit familiar with. Um, they did famously beat Hugs that one time in like 2016. I think it was at Eden Evo. Um, more recently, they, uh, you know, they beat like Meds and Loser Side of Grands and in Infinite Four. Uh, ended up losing the tournament, but I think Far has always shown some pretty good, like, consistent results, like right under the super elite tier within the Mexican community. Um, and you know very very much a shoe in i think for the central american uh central american qualifier for smash world tour so excited to see far see where we can where we can go from there for sure uh, i mean yeah he is currently a top 10 player in mexico and i think oddly enough uh i don't know if a lot of people know his results from this but he got a uh, he got a little bit of a boost in notoriety from a uh, second national melee arcade. So Bobby Big Balls ended up winning the event. Uh, Far was actually the one who sent Bobby to losers. Uh, the only one to beat that made top eight at that event actually got the same place as Albert. So definitely a, a cool little thing to see from him. Yeah. One of those players who has been really solid for a while and uh, yeah, pretty much immortalized by uh, the legendary chillin dude eight, two, nine. 
<laughs> yeah, I will say that uh, I think far for someone who is in, for someone who's been around the block for a while and has always been one of the better Mexican players, I think Far is one of the more uh, volatile ones. I think like if if Far goes to this event and you know maybe the bracket doesn't work out well for him, and if Far finishes you know near the bottom, I would not be surprised if we see Far in winners finals or or even winner size of grands. I would not be that shocked either. Um, Far is just kind of like is a very difficult player to uh, to predict how how he'll do. So I'm excited to watch him. Yeah. yeah and in a pool the... like this, uh, definitely something where he could thrive in. And in a pool like this with so many spaces, definitely something that could be really scary. Uh, Ambi, what's up? What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I was just going to, I was just going to say on the topic of, uh, of players that are really hard to predict. Uh, we have our next player who I'm sure all of, you know, Mexico, Javi. Uh, and this is very exciting because I feel like we haven't seen Javi anywhere. Uh, but, you know, the current number one uh, beat PPMD that one time. That all of us know. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm very excited to see Javi play. Uh, um, I think uh, I can see him, like, destroying everyone. I guess Samus is. Uh, I think that uh, you really get the full the full spectrum with having Javi here. So I'm really, really excited. What do you guys think? Yeah, we've seen from Javi versus Samus before, but I mean, like that is is not the norm. We've seen tons of great sets of things. It really does well. Uh, that being said, you know that is from a time where it's a little bit ago, and I think that Javi's one of the more interesting players here. He is, uh, you know, you mentioned he's the current uh, number one in Mexico, and I think the interesting thing with that, you know, we keep referencing this uh, PR. It is from 2018, and I do think that. Even in 2018, his activity was kind of low uh, and only kind of got lower as 2019-2020 came along. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the the question I think a lot of people have is, is he still number one? And that's going to be the big question. He is someone who is the peak uh, player for Mexico, in my opinion. Uh, had definitely had the highest uh, SSBM rank, top 100 slot of any player from Mexico. Uh, so I think we could see a lot of stuff from him. What do you think about this one? Yeah, I mean, I think if anyone outside of Mexico or Central America tells you sure what will happen with Javi, they're as far as I'm concerned. I just want to see him hit some opposing player with as sick of a combo as he hit on PPU that one time at Evo. <laughs> I I still think of that combo like once a month. He, yeah, dude. I, I cannot say how cool I think it is that that we are going to see Javi in an event twenty twenty one. I don't know if you told me, Ben. You know, twenty nineteen, twenty twenty. I don't know if I believe that, but it's gonna be so sick to see him play, especially with all these other players. I think that's such a cool event. Um, and if we're talking about cool players, uh, I gotta mention the next one on the list, J Camp. So Jcam is the first player who we've been introducing who is uh, from a region other than Mexico. So Central America is getting some representation. Is from Panama and uh, definitely one of the best uh, international Sheik mains, I think, right now. One of the best Sheik mains to have a tag that starts with J. Uh, fits a lot of those. Uh, you yeah, know, he takes a lot of those boxes. And it's going to be so exciting to see on land versus all of these people. Because J Camp, really young guy, uh, 20 or so, and 
being from Panama, a region that we don't generally see a lot of players from, I we haven't seen a ton from him on land. So him going to this is great. I think he is one of the players who I would think might do the best. It's going to be a tough thing. We're going to talk about it later. Uh, a strong player. What do you guys think about Jcam? Yeah, so just for reference, Jcam, outside of, you know, like playing at other Central American tournaments, he is as safe of a bet as a player to pick to win those events. And these are no jokes for events. They they have people like they have people like XL Zero, Zoraco, Stiff, a lot of really strong players who, frankly, like if they were in an international field, I would feel confident in saying that they're just outside or around top hundred level. And JCAM just cleans them up. He the consistency in which he beats these players is truly remarkable in a way that i think a lot of people kind of take for granted and as far as his results outside of that field um he was the only sheik to defeat j mook in the j sheik round robin and for other results against um against players that some of you might be more familiar with he has wins over forest komodo fable h and blues clues you know this is someone who i don't know for sure how he, he will perform at a um like a, a massive tournament, but I think within within a field of competitors he can prepare for. I think he's proven that he can absolutely that he absolutely has what what it takes to kind of get a read on everyone and dominate them. I th- in the same vein of Bimbo, I would say that Jcam is absolutely worthy of being mentioned in this in the same caliber of players who could win the event. Yeah, I think uh, at at the risk of entering opinion land. I am uh, one of those people that thinks Sheik is heavily nerfed on Netplay. Uh, and Jcam, I feel like we've seen a lot of representation from him playing friendlies with like the top North American players on like three frame, four frame with like these new crazy builds and stuff. And uh, I just really want to see because I think he's a very gifted player. And I think that uh, seeing what he's capable of on a CRT television uh, would be really 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 exciting for me so yeah the youngest player here uh, i believe and someone who you mentioned it he has all these great wins on xl zero uh who is former top 100 peach player all these great wins on uh, another player who we're gonna see kata ambi what do you think about kata yeah so kata is a a very fun player uh i'm sure that anyone that's followed uh net play results is familiar with kata uh puerto rican samus player Kata has been playing a lot of netplay tournaments. Uh, no matter where they're located, <laughs> he will be there. Um, and uh, <laughs> uh, I think that Kata is a very, very funny player. Um, you know, both playstyle wise and uh, just like as a constant presence in these in these netplay events. So really excited to see him. Uh, you know, enter some of these more more local events. Um, I think. It, Kata sets. You can exclude like the time he beat Zane's Roy, um, but I think that uh, exclude ex- yeah, excluding no, like, that. That's, that's, that's when Kata like, got my attention. Well, yeah, I mean, like I, I think it's. Uh, I don't want to pop off too hard about about Samus versus Roy. That that just sounds very hard for Roy. <laughs> what I do think is funny is him reverse throwing LSD twice. Um, I think that that is very funny, uh, and I think that. Uh, I'm interested to see how he performs on LAN, is, is the I way think, that I will phrase that. 
a lot of eyes on on the land. Uh, I, obviously, not the land debut of Kata, but uh, the probably the the biggest land tournament that Kata is going to be at uh, for a little, you know, a little bit. So I think ever since Kata kind of blew up because of the uh, you know that play scene, um, has been able to to show off the skills. I think it's going to be so cool to see that on land. Yeah, I just want to mention, like, with Kata, when when you look through his re- results, it's actually, like, insane. We mentioned the, the fact that uh, he beat Logan twice, and that's, like, you know, maybe you could discount that as, like, one tournament or something, but, like, you look through his resume, it, it's actually ridiculous. Like, if these, if you just saw those results, you would think that Kata was, like, a top 60 player in the world. Like, multiple wins on Ken, like, he... His wins over Bobby Big Balls, SFOP, Panos, Panda. Like, these are, yeah, these are not like, yeah, these are not like, um, or just like random players. Like, these are, these are, these, this is like some of the best uh, talent that I find in the scene. And Kata's, by the results at least, is consistently beating them. So, I mean, maybe, maybe Kata destroys everyone on land and, yeah. and we all have to hold it. Who knows? Well, I don't, I don't know if anyone's holding anything. Uh, I think that uh, I'm just very excited because this is definitely a player that was like sort of a shoe in, I think, just based off of net play results. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the perennial question of how much that transfers to the more general uh, CRT environment is always like, I think. So we'll, we'll see how that turns out. Yeah. Um... Yeah, Kata definitely one of the bigger question marks. I think that there's a few players here who I think are really, really solid. Uh, and someone like Kata, who has those big results, I, I think kind of takes over. We've got a lot of other players who kind of fly under the radar, even in the like 2020-2021 era, where a lot of people from different regions have been able to pop off. I think uh, Linguidas is one of these players. What do you think about this, Edwin? I, I know you've got some uh, some wins that this uh, Linguidas player has. Yeah, so w- when I first uh, was learning about Linguidas a-, a few months ago for my Central America preview uh, on the Melee Stats website, I-, I wasn't that familiar with him other than just noticing that that uh, he had been making top eight at a couple at a couple of Mexico events. So when I looked into it more, like the board actually like really stood out that this is someone who had who's kind of been like steadily making the jump from the mid-level of, of Mexico into the upper level, which, as you know from how stacked Mexico is, is it's, it's not an easy thing to do. So just for reference at some of his results, um, he's, he's beaten Stiff multiple times. He has a Kata win from earlier in the year. At a, at, at a big event, he eliminated J-Cam from it, which is incredibly unusual. Yeah, so that's, that's a very big step forward for him. And I think most impressively as it pertains to this field, he actually has beaten Eddie Mexico twice in the last few in the last few months. Yeah, that's a really exciting one. I think that uh, I, I talked a little bit about this with some other people uh, earlier, but I think that Eddie Mexico makes a very interesting parallel to AMSA, where uh, I think AMSA is like this legendary, you know, top ten easily uh, caliber player, and like has been for a really long time. And then you know you see his results in region, and they're like decidedly mediocre compared to his international performances um and you know that has like periods where it waxes and wanes depending on the the state of his local community but i i really do feel like eddie mexico is a a sort of similar story where uh i just feel like 
he's the clear like probable favorite in the group relative to like winning the whole Smash World Tour, I guess. But uh, I think that he might have some difficulty winning this qualifier in order to make it there. So I think that uh, it'll be really interesting to see how it shakes out. Yeah, for sure. Uh, definitely lots of players who are very scary to the, the top level. There's just this uh, this whole like openness, I think, to the event. And I think that that really helps players who we might not, uh, who we might like view as underdogs. Uh, I think Linguidas is one of them. And I think another fellow Fox player, uh, Marito. The Marito is best known to me for uh, being Marito one and then having someone else in his own region uh, having tagged Marito two, which is quite possibly. Marito 2 is quite possibly my favorite tag ever. Uh, but we're talking about Marito 1. We're talking about the original. And yeah, I mean, really Yogi. has solidified themselves as this up-and-coming player. Ranked 23rd in 2017 on the Mexican PR. Made his way up to uh, 18th on the 2018. I think we've seen a, a steady rise from him in a way that definitely does not have the kind of bombastic results that we see from some of these other players here. But just like it's really, you know... Uh, really shows the solid play uh we've seen wins on dream on other players who are on this list like supercock uh zamarita is another good player. like i think he is a player who has the ability to really like punch his weight well here uh and definitely someone who has a lot to prove what do you guys uh do you guys have any thoughts on him i know he's kind of uh compared to what we're gonna see definitely one of the lesser known players yeah, I think uh, just to kind of add on to what you're saying, uh, usually a very good indicator for if someone's ready to kind of take the next jump in their play is when they start beating a lot of people consistently who are considered around their tier. So I think Marito definitely uh, fits that uh, very standard that uh, you were talking about as kind of the first half of the criteria. Now the next part is to see if he can if if he can take if he can take you know like. The ability to get a big win every 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 step, few right? big tournaments or not, yeah, into into a big breakout. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and... uh, the the players who are able to do really well versus the players around them that says a lot. Uh, and I think that is just like showing that they are improving more so than maybe one top win here or there. Uh, but when we talk about a bracket like this, we talk about sixteen of the best players from Mexico and Central America. We're going to talk about people who he would needs to have those wins. He needs to have the the showcase wins uh, on these top level players, which is something that we've seen. He has really good wins on his level. Um, we just need to see if this if he's going to do well at the Smash World Tour 2021 Central America event. We're going to have to see him punch him. I think it's possible, but not. We haven't seen to the same level. Um, Ambi, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, so I actually have like sort of a a di I do think that the discourse around around this player in particular so far is a bit too Marito focused, uh, for lack of a better a better phrase. Um, I do think that uh, you know I think he's good. I think he's he's demonstrated some improvement. Um, what I think is really interesting about Marito and like that caliber of player on this list in general is that. Um, I think it would be like an incredible performance for any of them to qualify for the tournament. But I do think that uh, a very realistic performance for a lot of these tier of players is to be very dangerous for the higher tier caliber of players, right? 
And I think that's where things start to get interesting. And that's why I think it's like really exciting that it's like not an eight person qualifier or four person qualifier or whatever. Cause like, you know, Marito has wins on players like Haza. And uh, it's very day. And he takes down one or two of these top dogs. And then like the top eight bracket looks without his presence there. So I think, uh, you know, definitely a player capable of punching seven or eight times in a row or whatever, but definitely enough to make the tournament very interesting. 100% a threat to the, the top players, you're right. I mean, uh, if we're going to talk about threats to the that top level, I think Pantera has to be one of them. Uh, I believe he's the only Falcon main who we're going to see here, and just really one of the better up-and-coming Falcons. Uh, Edwin, what's, uh, what are your thoughts on Pantera? Uh yeah, I I got a lot to talk about Pantera. I think I, don't mean I think band, he's one of the. the <laughs> I've got a lot less. Well, I... Pantera. Yeah, we we don't have to go into that. But yeah, Fox Fox and Falco player. Uh, if you if you watched a couple big events over the last like over the last year and a half, you you probably recognize his name in bracket. He's got wins on like Valdo, Salt, Pappy. Um, he's one, one thing that stood out about him is that he's proved himself against the like upper mid level of uh, North America a lot. He's you know he he's got has wins over like Bbats, Jace, Wasabi, Blues Clues, uh, Pappy, and obviously like he's he's beaten Pappy as well. Um, I actually would like to correct myself on on something I said earlier. I actually mixed up my notes on Pantera and Linguitas. Linguitas actually has a J-Flex win, but Pantera has beaten Eddie Mexico the last two times that they, they've played, which is kind of crazy when you think about it. You know, like, that that's not something that you, you just do, like, twice in such a short period of time. So I think Pantera is on the cusp of a pretty big breakout. Yeah, really good from both of them. I mean, even uh, even with, like, those both of those results, I think that Linguitos is capable of doing that. I think that Pantera is capable of doing mm-hmm. that as well. I, I think it's like uh, pretty easy to to mix that up, just because this level of play that we've seen for them is is really similar, and they're all uh, around this like same skill level, which is why events like this is going to be super cool. Uh, yeah, Pantera is like you know you mentioned he's a, a Falcon player with a, a Fox as well, and it's going to be really interesting to see in this bracket which is very heavy on Foxes, uh, Falcos. You know, we have some Sheiks here and there. Uh, so I think being the only Falcon is going to be this really interesting sticking point. But if there is someone who I feel confident in being able to overcome, uh, like, a character matchup in this uh, 16 players, I-, I don't know. I think Pantera could do it. I really have a faith in him. I think he's good versus the Spaceys, too. You kind of have to be if you're from mm-hmm. Central America because it's so dense yeah. with, with Spaceys. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, I think uh, one one that I think kind of flies under the radar is uh, Pantera has a win on Toph. Uh, and I think I think Toph uh, has gotten very good at that matchup. Uh, so I remember I remember I saw this. I saw that that Pantera like gave Toph the hands, and I was like, oh, dude, Toph's pretty good at that matchup. Uh, so I, I do think that he's a you know, very likely to be quite dangerous for a lot of these people. I think I think that a lot of these players uh, won't super Omega focus on playing against Falcon to prepare. You know what I mean? Like this is like something that I I I think about with like these smaller type of events where like I feel like a lot of people are going to come to this event like with like Luigi game plan. You know what I mean? They're going to be like, oh yeah, I, I know I'm going to do this against Luigi. I'm going to study Luigi vods so I could beat any Mexico to win the tournament or something. 
but I think uh, I think Pantera can catch people by surprise because I think that uh, it feels unadvantageous to be super warm versus Falcon at this event, and I think uh, Pantera likewise will be able to prepare for the other matchups really well. So I think he's a really fun one to watch for a lot of reasons. Yeah, um, we have uh, we have another player who kind of has a little bit of a dual main situation, a little bit of uh, expertise across multiple characters. We have uh, Rael, who's, who's I think is a, a cool player to look out for. Edwin, um, so what's up with this player? I, I know he was top 10 before, um, but it was left off of the uh, the 2018 uh, Mexico Power Ranking. So so what are your thoughts on him? Yeah, so Rael is kind of all over the place. It, I remember the, the very first time I saw Rael on a notable stage is when he took a game off Hungrybox at PAX Arena, which was, wow, that, that was five years ago. Yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah, that was five years ago. And I remember thinking, what the hell? Who is, who is Rael? And about like a year and a half later, you know, melee stats, we, we had our whole running. I mean, it wasn't even a gag. We, we were straight up convinced like Mexico is a top five region in the world. And Rael was kind of like one of the one of the players at the borderline top 10 or so. Um, as far as his activity goes, I will say he's kind of all, all over the place. Uh, like he'll go to an event and then just kind of, just kind of not play for a while then show up again, uh, do all right, and then disappear for for a bit. Uh, in recent times, he, he finished 49th at Pound. He lost a Firebolt, and no fluxes there. Um, I think he's he's just kind of like a long-time guy that everyone everyone knows is really good. If you've ever watched either of his spaces, uh, you, you can definitely attest that. Um, he's, just, he's just kind of, uh, you know, it, it's all there. So Yeah, so he did if beat he, if... Bimbo at Smash Factor 8, I think. Um... Mm-hmm. He he's pretty good, I think. He I definitely think that his net play results have been all over the place, but I think that he's been a good player for a really long time to the point where I think yeah. he was still like a pretty yeah, safe pick. It, it doesn't surprise me that that he that uh, he he made he made it here. It's just like I I think Rael is a very like kind of kind of up and down player. I also think that um, expectations might be a little lower because of that, but Rael very good Falco player. Um, like we said, you know, top 10 in Mexico at one point. Like, we, we, you don't have to prove that he's been good. Um, and gone a lot of Fox recently, uh, especially over 2020, 2021. So I would be sure to see it. We will, everyone will be in person, uh, even though, I'm not sure if I want to make any statements about whether or not Falco's better, uh, like where <laughs> Falco's better. But, um, you know, Obviously, there is a comfort to playing Falco on land that I, I, I think we're missing out on during the uh, the past year and a half. And I'm wondering if Rail's uh, results will be improved from that. I think that's kind of a big question. Uh, obviously, not as big as like the hobby question, but uh, I think it's something that's kind of cool to look out for. Yeah, a lot of great questions, I think. So we, we talk about people who they play, and we talk about Pantera, we talk uh, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna give you a third. Uh, Supercock comes in and kind of ups the game. So a Peach main, we've seen uh, really good stuff from the Peach. We've seen good stuff from the Fox, and recently we've seen the Sheik. Uh, definitely something that it's really matchup dependent. It'll be kind of interesting to see what we're working with because I think there's this there's this uh, tendency. Of different characters, I know. Uh, 
you'll have see a lot of characters or a lot of players in or in the Mexico scene who have a lot of different characters at a who play them at you know very good uh, level play, and it's kind of like to beat specific people. So we're not seeing Supercock uh, at like an open bracket. We're seeing Supercock at an event where he is going to be playing people who uh, you know in essentially the same region. All all Mexican players. 2021 like it'll be interesting to see how this these character choices what what character choices are made and how they perform against all these players who might have some familiarity i think it's one of those players who i might just have some sort of uh bias for peach but uh i'm gonna keep an eye on them because i think they could do some stuff here yeah i was i was mentioning this a little bit earlier but uh i think super quark is one of those players that like um if like if the butterfly's wings moved a little bit differently, uh, you would know who they are. <laughs> I think uh, I think that if you go back and like look at their netplay results, it's like very tragic because they're like the king of getting reverse three would Uh, like they they got reverse three would by Smash Daddy, they got reverse three would by B Bats, they got reverse three would by I think Poppy. Um, I think uh. You know, a little bit different, and like Super Quark has a bunch of like super big ticket wins, but I think uh, he's had a little bit of difficulty in in like the the, the results that I've seen from him, um, really putting it all together. Uh, but killer relative to the results that we've seen, just based off of like game count and stuff. Yeah, I mean, you want to mention people who are maybe not scary to win the entire event. Uh, as as good as a player as Super Quack is, uh, but someone who's really kind of scary for specific players, and we we keep going back to it. And I think Eddie Mexico, this could be a problem for him. Uh, obviously, we've seen Peach Luigi, we've seen that gone uh, a couple different ways, uh, but we have actually uh, seen Super Quack have a win on Eddie Mexico recently, uh, a two zero win. So it'll be interesting to see, given this uh, this land environment. And giving the uh, given the sets that we will see from an event like uh, Smash World Tour qualifier, I think it'll be interesting to see if uh, Super Quack, you know, if he gets matched up with Eddie Mexico, could be scary. Did you know Super Quack has a victory on Koopa Troopa? Yeah, that was... I had randomly. Is Koopa like, wow, and SB ninety two? I think were the two ones that I thought were really cool. Wow. Those are uh, those are some ones that I don't know. I probably wouldn't have ever called those matches happening. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, so we talk about Super Quack. Super Quack is one of those players who definitely on the come up. I don't think a lot of people would uh, would know them to this extent, even though uh, yeah, they they're not like not one of the youngest players here. Uh, obviously, we talk about like Jay Cam is kind of the youngest. Um, but we talk about uh, another player right here. So Valdo, Valdo is a player who I think we've, who's been playing a long time. We've seen a lot of if you look at specific events, but maybe not the, like community at large, right? Uh, Ambi, what are your what are your thoughts on this player? Um, I think my, my thoughts on Valdo are more of a fox player than as a as a, a stats person, I guess. I really enjoy watching Valdo, uh, specifically like within region. Uh, because I think uh, Valdo versus Javi is like a very interesting dynamic that they got going on. Because like you know everyone's watched Javi play. He's like this crazy, super technical, cold arcade pad type 
shield pressure fox or whatever. Yeah. Uh, this is gonna sound kind of like shade, but it's like it's super supposed to be like a compliment. Uh, I think Valdo is kind of like modern chillin' dude in a lot of ways. Um, I think that like he has like a very interesting style. It's like a it feels like a very like adapted old school style kind of. Like he's not much of a ledge dasher. He's like super big into falling up air. He like picks a good spots to full hop. Um, I think uh, it'll be really interesting seeing him play against like sort of like the newer styles that are uh, I think more pervasive on netplay these days. Uh, but I do, I really do like I, I encourage any fox players to just go look at some Valdo sets because I think he plays very different from like the current meta of like improvement player or whatever. Uh, he's a very fun player. I like I like watching his fox. Yeah, Valdo's been around like for a really like long time. Years, at the... I think. Yeah, I yeah, think he has sets like... versus like half the gods or maybe <laughs> all of them at this point. I know he has one versus Leffen. I know he has one versus Mango. I know he has one versus Hungry Box. He has a lot of sets. The I I will say I if Valdo Valdo once beat Bimbo during his like big breakout year, which which was which was pretty wild at the time. Yeah, I believe it. He's super good. Yeah. I think that, uh, you know, we talked about it before with a couple different players. We talked about it with uh, Aza. I think we talked about it with Javi. That this is going to be a really cool tournament because it's going to pit these a lot of these old players we haven't seen uh, against kind of these more active people. And I think that's one of the really cool things that we get from the Central American tournament. And I think it's one of the really cool things that we just get from Smash World Tour in general. Uh, so, yeah, Baldo definitely one of the ones who... It's going to be interesting to see an old school play, but obviously the uh, the mind games are there, the adaptations there, the the level of play is still high, despite uh, maybe the way they get to the to that level of play might be might look different, might be different than some of these uh, newer school players. So yeah, going to be one of those players who's uh, really cool to watch out for. And then the last player, so the sixteenth player, who we're going to talk about today. I uh, I think this is a super cool player. This has been a player who I've watched a lot of. Uh, I believe I donated money to uh, a Journey Compendium uh, to get them to Genesis 4 or something. I don't think they ended up actually hitting their goal. But I was I was willing to put my money where my mouth is, and I was willing to do so for you. Not Edwin or Abby, but uh, you, the, the, the player who uh, has had high-level sets in both Mexico and Japan. One of the, like, players who I, I think speaks to nerds like us uh, because his data is so all over the place. He is uh, able to play really well versus the the uh, like top Mexican players. He's able to play really well versus the uh, Japan players. So I actually, you know, not as relevant to the conversations we're having right now, but I actually learned of you when he was in Japan. He was in Japan for a few years. Uh, ended up, I think, getting ranked like third uh, at one point in Japan, which is a huge accomplishment. He had uh, a win over Amsa. He had wins over Sane. He had wins over Rudolph. He had wins over Shippu. Like, if you were going to name, uh, like, a player who's able to have wins of that caliber, that is a player who I think is really good. And in an event like this, that is really scary. You, not someone who's been entering a ton, but obviously has the results and obviously has the skill one of the players I'm looking at for most. What do you guys think about you? Yeah, so I just want to mention, in addition to the obvious uh, fact that he was uh, 
you know, he was top five in Japan and Mexico, which is insane, by the way. This dude was able to beat Rudolph during Rudolph's time, just destroying all Rudolph, of Japan. When I say all of Japan, time. yeah, when I say all of Japan, I mean all of Japan. So for you to take sets off Rudolph during that time was ridiculous. But in recent times, we, we're talking about people who are capable of beating Eddie Mexico. You is absolutely one, one of those players. In, in fact, he, he did so just about just about a few weeks ago. Uh, I know he also has a win on Curve. He lately took Lucky to Game 5. This guy yeah, has just uh, been, like, uh, super legit. Yeah, this guy's just been super legit for, like, five years now. It, it's not surprising seeing him here, and it's not surprising seeing him perform the way he's been lately. Agreed, yeah. I think it's nuts that he took Lucky to Game 5. That, to me, is, like, almost as impressive as him being Opsa, honestly. I think that's insane. Uh, just, like, a really... Yeah, I don't know. I just think it's... I just think it's nuts. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you is so good. If we're going to talk about... So, we so we obviously mentioned all 16 players are here. Uh, if we want to talk about the players who I think have the chances to win... Uh, I think all 16 of these players are good. We talked about that. I, I think that this is such a cool group of 16 players. But what it takes to win a tournament uh, is a lot different than what it takes to qualify for one. And I think that if you're going to talk about the level of play for the players who are win uh, or get one of the two slots to the finals, I think that you is squarely in that conversation. Uh, we talk about how he would do versus any Mexico. We think that that is a favorable matchup. Uh, and when it comes to a bracket like this, being able to do well versus Eddie is going to be a great boon for your success. Talk about how he did versus Lucky. You know, he's obviously uh, does well in the, the Spacey's matchup. Uh, and someone like Kata or um, Dash, some some characters who might not be as uh, universal, like a Samus character. Um, I still think that, like, pure matchup-wise and the way that I've seen you play, I still think that's pretty good. So I'm not sure if I want to call 100% that you is, would win or you would make one of the two slots, but I think... He's definitely, of, he's definitely up there. I think yeah. Sheik yeah. would be pretty tough for him. Uh, yeah. That's the one that immediately comes to mind. I think Jcam would be, I think, a pretty big wall for him to win the event, but I think in terms of qualifying for one of the two spots, um, definitely I could see it. Uh, it's just I don't know. This is such a very it's such an interesting region because I I think that like the the top two on this list is so marred in confusion, right? Like I I think yeah. that there's like seven or eight players that could be top two at this event, um, like pretty pretty handily, um. So I think that, you know, I I I couldn't tell you. I definitely think that you is in that conversation though. I think he's very very legendary. <laughs> Who else do you guys think is in that conversation? I would put, I, I think in, in spite of not seeing him that much against a broader field outside of Central America, I really do believe in J-Cam. I think he's, his matchup spread is just rock solid. Um, the only thing that, that, that makes me wonder about other people is, is the fact that I, we just haven't seen, um, we, we just haven't seen that much of him with like really big stakes. I feel like I feel like Bimbo is a pretty safe pick for his spread against the field. I think he if if I were to name one person that I think will win, it, it's probably him. And be said, I I think there's like there's like seven or eight people at this event that if they end up in winners finals or in grands, I I wouldn't be surprised. 
Yeah. J-Cam, someone, you know, obviously, as you said, being from Panama, uh, is, is not really in the same region as uh, a lot in North America. Um, so we we were able to see him at some events, but definitely not one of those players who's able to show up to everything. Uh, regardless, what he's been able to do in the Central American events has been really, really impressive. I don't believe he's ever lost to Kata. I think he's got like an insanely positive record on him if he ever had as a loss. Like what he's been able to do in that little region has been really dominant. And those are the cool players, right? I love to see a region where you have like one really dominant player uh, and then you get to finally see them at a big event. And the cool thing is that like as uh, 2020 and 2021 Melee evolves, we're able to see different versions of what like being number one in your little tiny scene because your scene kind of grows out and, and expands in that way. Um, so what we've been able to see from him is super good. I think if it were a year ago, uh, two years ago, if you had an event which was 16 of the best players from Mexico and Central America, I think it'd be crazy to say that J-Cam would be that high. But legitimately, mm-hmm. one of the top five players here in my mind, uh, in terms of him being able to get uh, one of those two slots or even one in, I think he's got some of the best odds here. I agree, yeah. I think. Uh... Well, who does J-Cam not want to fa- face, you know? Who is scary for him in this bracket? I think Javi is very scary for him. I think I think there's a couple of players that immediately come to mind as potential threats to Jcam. I think of all the people that have been pretty active on Netplay, I think he's got a pretty fair, like strong odds against pretty much all of them. But I think that a very interesting thing about this is that a lot of people are coming out of the woodworks into this event. Um, I think Javi is really interesting. I think Valdo is really interesting. Yeah, Valdo um, could be like throw him off guard. Yeah, you know, I just think I think there's a it's definitely very very open, right? Like I'm not I'm not saying that like maybe you're favored, maybe you're favored, you know, like I just think uh you know, we have to acknowledge that while there are people that maybe we think are favorites, they're definitely not like a sure thing to win. I think that it's yeah. very 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 open tournament. Yeah, it's such a Dude, I think the craziest thing is that like there is a player in the field who has the best like international results, right? Like the yeah. best player in this field is Eddie Mexico by far. And we are talking about all the other people. That could <laughs> It'll potentially be hard be for Eddie, Eddie Mexico, Mexico to win this tournament. Or yeah. to get top in this tournament. What? It'll be really hard. It'll be a really good result. <laughs> for- <laughs> I, T- I also- tell, me, tell me this, Ambi and Wheat. Who, do, who does Eddie Mexico want to see in his path? Because I think there are so many killers for him. And he's the best player in the, like, you know, in the, in the public eye. And for good reason. Uh, I mean, the thing with this region is I only would know when you said the best player, I'm not even sure if I knew who it was because we've seen incredible results from Bimbo at majors in 2019. We've seen incredible results from uh, Eddie Mexico throughout 2020 and 2021. And I I mean, like, obviously, we all know the incredible results that Javi has had throughout his career, um, obviously a little earlier than we've seen this but yeah i mean it's so hard for me to even know who you mean when you say that the number one player going into this because that's just how stacked this event is eddie mexico yeah i mean we talked about there's so many killers here despite that looking at his bracket runs from 2020 and 2021 all those fat goku wins the the win on on samu you said two saint like all these things i would say in the moment would be super hard and yet we've seen success so i i mean it is it is perseverance uh, and I don't think there's a way to be a Luigi main for 10 years or whatever 
uh, and not have a level of perseverance. So I, I think that, like almost every event, probably be some uh, the mountains to climb. But I'm, I'm really excited to see how they do. Yeah, same. Uh, yeah, who else do we got? Because I, I think that we talk about how this is such like an open event. But the uh, the level of uh, like people, the tier of people who could get first at this event, I, I think it's still pretty broad. But I, I mean, I definitely think it's kind of a little small. Do we think that anyone else has a, a really good chance at this? You know, maybe really quick shout outs to anyone in particular. I, mean, I think with the uh, it's yeah, hard. It's hard to say it without naming everyone, right? I think that's the issue. Yeah. That we're all having. I also think it's really dependent on the bracket, which, as far as I know, is not available. Um, no, yeah, like event? you know, like like jumping like like straight out and being like, you know, Kata for example is a really fun one to think about because like Kata has had some great results on on netplay, and if we assume that they are the same on land as they are on netplay, uh, then I think the really scary thing, like I, I would obviously say, like no chance you win because Jcam's there, and there's no way you're gonna beat Jcam if you're eleven or no or whatever against Kata if you're Jcam. But like you know, maybe maybe Jcam plays Javi kind of early and then like loses, and like it's you know to say who will win, I think is for a tournament like this. I kind of think I would need to see the bracket before I would just like randomly yeah, pull out a I game agree. possible. Because like I, we're gonna see so many matches, and it's like it's kind of like Summit, right? Summit, you have to see so many matches, and it kind of uh, determines what we're gonna see. I think it's gonna be one of those things. So, yeah, I mean, if you throw Jcam in Kanto's path. If you throw Pantera, or like even if he has to play super far, quack early, far, but far yeah. would be there's very so scary. Many players, Aza, there's so many players who I think would be scary for all these people, and it's, yeah, it's just going to be like a minefield, like having to navigate yeah. all these uh, really scary players. I think no matter who wins the tournament, it'll be a really good performance for them. Uh, it's going to be Dream, right? isn't it? We're just gonna, we're just going <laughs> to see Dream with. <laughs> he's going to like forward air. He's going to forward air like three times in a row. Forward air is very good. It's the punch. I don't know. If, I don't know if I can handle the the no fluxes <laughs> streams after Dream wins Central America. Uh, well, only time will tell. Um, and I mean, yeah, like I think this is going to be such a cool event. I'm so happy to be able to uh, talk about it on behalf of the. Uh, I guess not on behalf of, but in conjunction with Smash World Tour. Um, super excited to be able to to talk about these players because I think this event is going to be super sick. Um, Anything else you guys want to say about Smash World Tour, specifically, I guess, uh, people who we see from Central America? I do want to say that there are a couple of people that I'm a little bit sad couldn't make it out. Um, I was really excited to see Lag, so it's unfortunate to not see Lag. I just really wanted to see Lag, dude. Uh. Yeah, I mean, I think there's so many good players. Uh, I think it's like, with a region like Central America and Mexico, I think there's so many players who could have been on this list a uh, different time different place you know i, I think uh see i mean hey that kind of says it right if if a players are here we've seen other really good players through this region um so just being here as one of the 16 shows how good they are so i i'm super Agreed, excited yeah. to do this maybe Edwin, you convince one of the marts to play roy i just wanted to see it <laughs> Edwin, uh, here's something I'm a little less excited about. You have, uh, you've got a little thing on your end, don't you? 
Yeah, so every week, well, I guess, but on, on most no- normal episodes, we run a segment called the Edwin Budding Stock Exchange, which if this is your first time tuning in, it's basically like a round table in which the other two guests or three guests of the show go off against each other and dive into some of the hottest topics in Melee. And by some of the hottest topics in Melee, I mean whatever I want to talk about that week. So, without further ado, let's jump into the first segment, which is called Buy One, Sell One. So basically, I'm going to name two things, and you have to buy, and each contestant has to pick which thing they're going to buy and which thing they're going to sell. So with that said, Ambi, for the first Buy One, Sell One question, Buy One, Sell One, Link and Young Link. Oh, that's an interesting one. Um, I am going to buy Young Link. Uh, I think that Link is super overvalued right now because of Aklo. Uh, and I think that Young Link is super undervalued right now because people don't know how good Rocket and Nicholas are. Uh, so I think those two players will start to pop off. The Link hype will fade, and then Young Link will be the better investment. All right, and wait. Uh, I'm yeah. I'm actually gonna go the opposite. I'm gonna buy big, uh, big link. Yeah, I mean, I I think that like if you want to talk the history of how the links have been viewed, Armada kind of really skyrocketed the the stocks for for young link. But I think seeing players like uh, I mean, the thing with link players are that we don't really get to see a ton of results from them as good as they are. We've seen Save State go to the EU, have some really good wins. Uh, and have like even better Twitter clips. And if you're talking EU, we gotta talk six, who I legitimately think is like has a claim to be the best link main ever. Uh didn't enter stuff for a while, entered I think it was uh Fet or something along those lines, and uh beat Nikki. Like like what an amazing guy. Uh I think that if you only have to play one of the characters, I think big link uh, I, I think is better. And I think for that reason we might see more continued use from that. Okay. We buy one sell one, SFOP, and Android Zero. Uh, I mean, you're kind of putting me in a predicament here, right? Android Zero, as I've claimed on the show before, is the best player ever. Uh, I think Android Zero would, uh, Android Zero. <laughs> I think Android Zero would probably four stock Armada right now. I think he would four stock Armada in 2018. I think, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I think he's such a, a great player, and we've seen more land results. So we've seen him beat Kadoran. Like, what more do I have to say? Uh, Andrew Zero, best player of all time. What do you have to say, Ambi? Uh, I think you get better dividend every quarter if you pick SFOP. I think, uh, you know, just in terms of someone that will repeatedly return on investment for you by entering more than one event, uh, I'm going to go with SFOP. Oh, yeah, like entering more than one event. Like, Android Zero does every week. Multiple events a week. I don't know, dude. Is a local... Like All right. <laughs> Ambi, you get to close off the bot, or start the final question of the buy one, sell one segment. Buy one, sell one. Toph's dominance in Melee Jeopardy or Epic Murloc's dominance in the Ganondorf Ditto? Uh, well, I feel like this one is... Okay, I, I don't know if I agree with this one. Okay, I feel like the obvious answer is Tove, right? Like, Tove is, is clearly gonna, gonna be better. And Epic Murloc already lost to none, right? Uh, 
the Ganon tournament? I feel like it's gotta be Toph, right? Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't, I don't think I understand this 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 dynamic here. I go with Toph. We, you get the last word. Uh, Melee Jeopardy has been an amazing thing to work on. That being said, Ambi and I have worked on it, and uh, the himself from this question kind of makes me uh, think that. I don't know. Maybe the SEC should be involved. This doesn't feel like good business practices. Uh, I'm going to say Epic Murloc. Top three at SoCal, SoCal Arcadian. On sell one segment. So now for the second segment is are you buying the dip? So I'm going to name something that I believe to be on, at, a, at a low evaluation. And each of the contestants are going to tell me whether they're going to buy this stock with the expectation that it will shoot right back upward and gain a high value. So, we are you buying the dip on moonwalking? Yeah, uh, yeah I, I love moonwalking. Um, I think that as long as Twitter exists, and as long as the ability to put a video file on the internet will stay, uh, which presumably will be a thing for a little bit, uh, I think moonwalking... Now, is it something where, like, every new player has to learn it, like, as an integral part of their game? No, like, we know that's not the case. We already know that right now. But moonwalking will always be cool, and moonwalking, more importantly, will always be fun. And if it's cool and fun in a game like Melee, it'll never go away. Ambi? I love moonwalking. I moonwalk with the best of them. I'm not buying the dip on moonwalking. And let me tell you why. Because um, GameCube controllers are going to die. <laughs> Uh, so you have you have two options. If you're a gamer in the future and you want to play Super Smash Brothers Melee, you can play in a box, in which case you don't need to moonwalk because you can do smash turn backwards jump, which is the better better than moonwalk in every possible way. Uh, and you get like a custom tricked out goom wave type shit, which has notches, which make moonwalking a pain in the ass, and it destroys your notches, and you don't ever want to do it. So I think that moonwalking is is unfortunately not going back up. Uh, and it will only get worse with the uh, the increased prevalence of notches in the meta. So I'm not buying the dip on moonwalking. Okay, Ambi, are you buying the dip on the term shuffle? Is that is that in a dip? I don't know. It's just I, 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 what? No. I, I, yeah, like when did this term go down in value? Like... You've just not been hanging out in the newbie discords, yeah. buddy. Dude, dude where is a people say shuffle nair? Like, oh I don't God, like dude. that you're, you're hanging out with the nerds. Of this question. You're a little, My God. Uh... No, dude. Maybe maybe I'll take the wheat route and I'll recuse myself from this question just because I, I think that uh, you maybe you got to hang out more in like the O2 tournament discord that uh that <laughs> you know Divine Senator Kelly runs. I'm sure that term gets used, and I think it's fine. So, oh, you know so what? You're Maybe... buying okay, it. No, so I am. I am. <laughs> I'm. I'm buying the dip because I don't think L canceling will go away. Uh, if L canceling went away, then it would go down because uh, it would just be shuff then. But L canceling, I think, is here to stay. So I think shuffling oh. is fine. You beat me to All it. Right. Now for a question. Wait, like what do you this, have to say on this? Which is a question like this, which is so obviously false, right? Uh, every time we'll get an Edward Bunny Stock Exchange question, which just won't be 
uh, based in reality. No, dude. People don't say shuffle narrative. Who who says shuffle? Earth, you're not supposed to do that. <laughs> I feel like uh, it literally fact... won't auto cancel if you do that. I feel like the fact that no, you dude. Are I think I think should give me <laughs> bonus points because oh I you you set it up for me to talk and then you talked over me. Uh, I was gonna say something really funny and now I'm not gonna say it. It was going to be probably the funniest thing that I ever would have said. And yet I cannot say it now. Okay. Whatever, uh, dude. For the last are you buying the dip question, we... I'll buy the dip are on you buying the stock exchange because it's at an all-time low oh, right now. No, dude. <laughs> Just answer the, answer the question. Are you buying the dip on the Kings of Cali series? No. <laughs> I mean, Kings of Cali seems to be at an all-time low. And it seems that the 1% chance that it would happen, it makes sense to buy the dip. Uh, that would require me to trust Blur on a level which I can't trust Blur. Uh, I mean, could Kodora take the Kings of Cali series and make it? Yeah, he'd probably do a great job. But I think Blur will keep everything he owns in his cold, dead hands. Uh, and, and I think as smart as it would be, as a good business investment as it was being to buy the dip, I, I don't think I could bring myself to do so. Andy, you get the last word. Uh, I think the value of the Kings of Cali brand is pretty much zero. So I think that if I put any any amount into it, uh, you know, an amount that I'm okay with losing, that uh, it can only possibly go up like infinity it percent. It can only go up. So I, I, I think financially... I'm kind of strong-armed into saying that I'm buying it just because I think that uh, All the there's not really any risk there. involved. It can't go any lower, so. All right, and for the final segment of the stock exchange, this is a segment called Market Watch. So basically, I pose an open-ended question and both the contestants answer it. Ambi, which melee region do you think is poised for a for a special breakout in 2022. What region is poised for a breakout? Uh, well, okay. I think that if you include the possibility of compendiums, uh, that Chile is going to break out. Um, I think that people need to be flown out uh, in order to be able to afford going from Chile to you know North America or Europe or whatever. But I think that uh, there's a number of players in that particular part of the world that I think are really, really underrated and, and very strong. And I think that uh, all it would take is for one of them to come to the, to the United States and then get a bunch of wins and then go back and then lose a bunch, which happens a lot. Uh, and then uh, you know everyone thinks Chile is really good. So that, I think Chile is a good answer to this question. And we, you got to close the stock exchange. Very, very good answer from my friend and competitor, uh, Ambi Sinister. And something that went through my head as well. I think Chile is an amazing answer. And yet, I am going to say the Midwest. I'm going to say specifically the middle of America. Uh, now, do they have the strongest players right now, even with Zamu moving to Arkansas? No, maybe not. But with what we know about climate change, I think that the the coastal cities, the scenes will dip, they'll all move inward, and then suddenly all of our majors will be in, like, Ohio and uh, Illinois, Indiana, 
And I think that the the level of play, like Kansas will be the new SoCal. Uh, so I'm playing the long term here. I'm going to say in 2022, due to rising climate change levels, we're going to see the Midwest as the new... Dude, Game Boy Jr. is going to be so sick. Yeah, he's gonna be uh, already there. He's gonna he's gonna like uh, <laughs> he's gonna beat like West Balls when West Balls has to to migrate. I don't know. West Balls is dying in SoCal. He's he's gonna be like covered in water. He's gonna be like <laughs> drowning, <laughs> drowning in it. In All right. Well, after a up and down stock exchange in with in which two contestants did not agree with one of the premises of my of my question, <laughs> it turns out that there's a familiar answer at the end of it, which is a wheat victory. Congratulations, wheat. You have, another, you have won another week of the stock exchange. And as a result, you get your minute of fame to talk about whatever you want. Yeah, I appreciate this. Um, you know, some are calling me a young Jordan. Uh, some are calling me a young LeBron. That's basically it. You know, maybe I'll be in the next Space Jam. I think this... Uh, the streak, obviously, I, I think people want to give me the credit, but I do think that uh, the 95% of good questions that, that come up uh, are all from, from Edwin, and uh, I think he deserves a little bit of the credit, uh, and he also deserves a little bit of that money that I PayPal him every week so I can win. So I want to thank you for that, my good friend. The segment is not rigged. Wheat was joking. Let's jump into the Q&A. <laughs> uh, we got some questions. If you, if you want to throw any questions in the chat, we're, we're a little lighter than we normally are. Um, so this might not be a huge segment, but yeah, if you have anything, feel free to throw it in the chat. Um, what do we got? Uh, oh, so, so SF, self-flagellate, uh, he has any players who've been doing really cool shit on land you want to shout out? Obviously, we already talked about the best player of all time, Android Zero who uh, recently won a Verdugo West over uh, Kajoran and Wrigler. <laughs> um, I think Fiction is uh, yeah. another really good answer to this. He won that, uh, I think, uh, the TMT or something over Army and someone else. Yeah, uh, Verdugo West. He, so so he had a... He's actually been a really... Like, he's been a mainstay of what uh, Verdugo West, which is, like, really that and pizza time in san diego um or whatever it's called <laughs> uh man i hope it's called pizza time because i'll feel like i'm just like really juvenile it's not uh you know pizza time no it, it is pizza time okay I'm so, sure. so verdugo west and pizza time uh are, are two of the socal locals that we've seen popping up but we've seen him at like almost every verdugo west and this is the fiction who is falco now uh <laughs> the fiction who kind of just lost to man ray so I'm not sure if I had the highest hopes about what Fiction's career would be like as a Falco man. Uh, I'm pretty sure I looked at him like I looked at Drug Fox, which was just like, this isn't going to last. You're going to change. Uh, but we've been seeing him stick to this, and we've been seeing really good results. You know, he beat, uh, I believe he beat Army a few weeks ago, and then, yeah, just this week, he won a tournament over Army and over West Falls. Uh, so, like, yeah, super yeah, sick player. Something going kind of unsaid here is that army is still really good. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like we're just talking like, oh, yeah, you know, he beat army. That's that's amazing. It's like, oh, wait, army's like still good. <laughs> he was not just a wobbler. He's still very, very good at hitting people very hard off of the grab. Yeah, we have seen uh, a few of those Verdugo Wests where it is fiction, uh, Westball's army, and they all 
I mean, with a small sample size, they've all been kind of beating each other up. Uh, so I'm like super excited to see how this is going to uh, Army, you know, to be fiction. Uh, Army has a win on West Balls. Like, this is uh, um, in the world as it is with Wobbly. Are we going to see him be like number two on the SoCal PR? Uh, maybe not, but I think I think people kind of point to Army and Bananas and, and a lot of the non like creative uh, ice climbers, you know, whatever pejorative you want to use. Uh, and they're like, oh, there you can't do well without wobbling. But like we've seen the rollback rumble, uh, which kind of unfortunately ended in a DQ. Uh, and we've seen these these events. So yeah, dude, what a great answer. Are we only naming SoCal people? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna mention that I think those are very good examples of of land stars. But I'm gonna go for something a little more like, uh, you know, like at at a, at a bit of a lower level, admittedly, but still, still people we should be looking out for as rising stars. I want to give a shout out to Wally and Error, it, especially Error, who I know has been like, it's it's kind of been a running like gag that he's just like the greatest player in New Jersey to never get ranked officially. But he has really been impressing me with with his results in his state, which. I know we talk about New Jersey results being all over the place, but you know, lately he he won a big tournament over a couple of really strong sheiks like Tommy and Fable. I know he won a weekly over them. I know he's been going to a lot of tournaments doing well. It's been really nice seeing Wally come back and performing at the level which he he certainly we, we knew he was capable of and we we saw him when back in early 2020 when yeah. we thought he was a breakout star to look for. So I Are I wanted to shout those beat. two out in particular. Yeah, Wally. Yeah. Wally, uh, huge traveler. Uh, it's he'll like randomly be in Xanadu's, yeah. which is just insane. Because I have I to wonder... go to Jersey to visit my family and stuff, and it's like four hours. And I I don't do it that often because I don't I don't want to drive four hours each way. He'll just like oh, go to Xanadu of... and then go home. Just to make it seem these like... players. I know. I want to talk about Wally. I want... such a sick competitor going all this shit, but then I realized that it kind of makes him sound like a super spreader. He's vaccinated. He is safe. Uh, he has masked up. It does, yeah. I, it maybe it's like not the coolest thing to brag about. It's like he went to a Jersey local, a New York local. He went to Zanadu. Yeah, he, went, he drove to Boston. <laughs> it's like maybe this is the wrong time for that to be really cool. But results in all those: Jersey, New York, uh, the the G Town Tom's birthday bash, Zanadu. Uh, New York, New York, take your pick. Oh my goodness! Hold that land. Like, hold that L. <laughs> hold that. Hold that L. He's gonna be at. Yeah, uh, I think that's super good. You're gonna mention someone. I wanted to note on the topic of Northeast uh, players who have taken a massive step forward. I would feel terrible if I did not uh, bring up Warmer. They have just been killing it at Warmer events so that they've sick, been yeah. going to. Yeah. Yeah, they, they beat Smuckers, I think, at the last uh, tournament, right? Like a, yeah, they have win. I, I, I. They also uh, have wins over like Swooper and J Flex. Yeah, was that at the nightclub? Or I know that they beat Smuckers. That was the one that I remember Connecticut going crazy for. Seven other people like later that run. I, I, I know that they they had a huge second at G Town or at Tom's birthday bash last weekend, and they've just been killing it. Across, yeah, like hella good for sure. Tournament. Warmer has kind of been one of those players. They're definitely um, 
they're definitely one of those players who you see the gradual rise. I've talked about this on the podcast before, where if I see a gradual rise in the top 200, top 150 level player, I generally think that that's, you know, if they continue to play melee, that's a great sign. Uh, I look at that and I, I see more predictive value than a win over a top 50 player here and there. Um, and I think we've seen that for Warmer. I think they have been able to put together a lot of really impressive tournament runs. Um, and maybe we haven't seen all the pieces fit in just yet to say like, oh, top 100 level, top whatever level. Uh, but I think like we're almost there just because of the strength of results that we continue to see on a consistent basis. I think that's a, I think that's a great one. For sure, I agree. Uh, do we have any other questions that we want to get to? I know that's kind of one we we stuck on for a while. Um, see any posted in the chat? Do we have uh, Edwin? You got a question for either one of us? Do I have a question for either either one of you guys? Uh, not nothing for uh, nothing for on stream. Uh, I, I mean the only, like, the only question. I, <laughs> the only question I would have is like. The the only question I I have is like um you know is 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 I mean we already recapped it earlier like if you had to pick one person to win the uh, Central American qualifier who is it Wow all about callbacks Uh I I mean okay I think damn that's a tough one um, I, I mean, I, I said J-Cam. I think J-Cam would be good. I think that all these players, like, have their, their vices here. Um, I'll just be... Uh, I'll be cool. I'll just say you. I'm going to be the psycho. I'm going to be the psycho. I think Hobby You're not going to pick, like, hot. Oh, my God! Can you imagine how sick it would be? I think... <laughs> just came back. It was nasty. Hobby will play one of the services, and it'll be, like, last stock, game five, and then he'll destroy everyone else. Will the young Link come out? <laughs> Maybe for game four. I don't want to but... say that, young lad. Dude, that would be so crazy if Javi just came back and was really after all these years. I could, I could see it happening. I'm not just saying this to say it. Yeah, I, I, I mean, remember, I remember was, Gimmer know, uh, right? before Apex 2014 saying that he thought Soft would win the tournament. <laughs> like, I'm not doing that. I'm not claiming that Soft will win the tournament. Uh... I do remember he did that. I thought it was so funny at the time. Uh, I think Javi could actually win. It's just very uncertain. Uh, so I'm going to be the guy that says the psycho thing. Okay. Well, Edwin, you got a top. Or... Uh, I'm going to go with the boring pick and go with Bimbo. Okay, Perfectly aligned with your uh, spot in this group. And obviously, you know, as we get closer to the uh, tournament, we'll, we'll know more about it. I think we'll be having, we'll have like a better idea of who could actually do this. But yeah, I think like in terms of what we know right now, I don't think these are horrible guesses. I, I think it's funny that none of Dude, us Dude, none Eddie. of us picked J-Cam or Eddie Mexico. J-Cam and Eddie Mexico are like by far the two best, like the two best results. That is wild. Well, I think J.K. I was, I was making a joke piece. in the chat that I think all three of us think J.K. is going to get second. Yeah. <laughs> J.K. getting second. We don't Dude, know who's getting so first. Crazy. Eight people could get first, but J.K. is the only person who's going to get second. <laughs> J.K. is the safest. <laughs> Uh, that's, hey, that's so a, that's wild, a, that's a dude. Slot, that's a slot to Smash World Tour. That is impressive. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, so uh, we're kind of we're kind of running to the end of our show right now. Um, I haven't got to see you guys recently on the show because you know we, uh, uh, Amby, you've been so busy, and I've been really, I mean, really happy that you've been able to make it today. And then uh, I had my little one-on-one episode with Tafo, which you can check out on uh, podcast apps, or you can check out on uh, Manly Stats Archive. But obviously, we'll get the plugs later. Um, but yeah, we, we usually do a little thing at the end of the show. We try to talk about something that is non-mayor related that's been going on in our lives. Uh, I guess I'll go first. Ambie, I think I kind of know you got a big one. Well, somewhat big. Do I? You have a... Oh, okay. No, I know what you're talking yeah. about. I should talk <laughs> about that. I was not going to talk about that. Okay. Well, let me... I'll let you decide on that. I will, I will talk about mine. Um, I... This is going to be like when I talk about Wally, I'm going to sound like a super spreader. I went to a concert recently. Uh, I went to a concert, which I was able to get the tickets for free. Uh, This is just one of the many things in my life where I, I'm like a baby in a cartoon who is just like waddling along and, and managing to like find all these riches. Uh, One of the many free tickets I've been able to somehow walk backwards into. So I'm very grateful for that, but I was able to see a band, a Philly band in Philly by the name of Japanese breakfast. They were great. I was also able to see an opener, uh, which goes by a different name uh, that, that I, I mean, it goes by a name that I probably could, shouldn't say on here, but it starts with mannequin and ends with a different word. And I would say that is the band that I would recommend such a sick band. Um, they had my number one song of 2019. Yeah, I'm sure somewhere on my Twitter, because I tweet once a year. Uh, I'm sure it's on there. I'm sure it's a- easy to find. I would say that that band, uh, their most recent EP, Perfect. Uh, I think they're, they've been killing it. And from a live band standpoint, dude, the second they started playing, I had a grin that was like wider than my mask. I, uh, it was like a Cheshire Cat levels. Speaking of Cheshire Cat, uh, does anyone else have anything? Oh, okay. So this is not the thing I thought you were talking about. Okay, so I guess there's a third thing. Uh, <laughs> okay, I got a cat. <laughs> That's a, a random thing that happened to me. Yeah, um, my fiance and I went to a shelter because like, she was like, oh, yeah, like let's go to a shelter. It'll be like just like a fun thing to do on a Saturday. Uh and then we, we saw this cat, and the cat really liked us. And my fiance begged me to get the cat. So we got the cat, and now we have a cat. His name is Tass, which oh, is, yeah. I think, a very good cat name. Um, yeah, that was not what I was going to say. Uh, I thought we wanted me to tell you guys that I got into a master's program provisionally. Part-time. Yeah, I thought you I thought you were going to say I, that I thought also. that's what I was being I, uh... led to, and then there was the cat thing. Uh, but that also <laughs> happened. This is how and I what I was it. originally going to say is I've been really into In the Groove, which is like DDR, but like yeah. for people that have it in their house. And I'm trying to build a pad like at home because I think there's, I think uh, it might be necessary to get cardio in my house soon. So I think uh, I'm trying to build in wood and maybe I'll be able to play In the Groove, but I feel like I've been hogging the time because I, I tried to say three things. Uh, no, it's okay. Going Edwin's going me. to uh, talk about everything he's seen for the past two weeks, and that's going to take <laughs> a lot longer. Uh, so for what I've been doing, uh, I guess on the topic of pets, it's not too soon. I can 
<laughs> to say this. So I'm actually a, I'm I'm getting a dog lately. So it it was we were we were gonna get it. Me and my spouse were gonna get it in se- September. Me and my spouse were gonna get it in September, but we got pushed up. So I'm actually getting it in like two weeks. So. Did I, a, did I say I'm getting a dog lately? <laughs> yeah, you can tell that I'm not a pet person like at all, but but I'm pretty excited. Like it, it's gonna be a new phase of my life where or we're gonna name him Arnold and everything. I, I feel like everyone in melee stats is getting animals except for me. I'll just have a bird perched on my shoulder throughout the episodes now. Yeah. It'll, it'll probably so be a good reason to watch us on YouTube. This is my this is supposed to be my <laughs> time to talk near interrupt. Let me talk about my dog, damn it. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a like a dachshund terry mix, so it'll be like a small little rat dog. So I'm pretty excited for it. The only other thing I've been doing is I've just been making a lot of mashups. So if you become a melee stats patron, you'll see me plug all of my mashups nonstop. Financially yeah, gated some, content. Yeah, some of them are good. Uh, I promise. Uh, the other ones are are hideous, but also good. Uh, it's been really fun. Uh, I think I mentioned it on the show before, but I used to be like really into guitar and music when I was younger. Been nice, kind of like rediscovering uh, my creativity in other areas, even if it's kind of in like the most bizarre way. I do think it's funny that I'm the one out of three of us here who is not has not done mashups. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's it's kind of I never knew you. I feel you like of the people here, it would probably be you more than the rest of us. I feel yeah, like I'm, I'm very musically illiterate compared. I to guess the I gotta get in on this. Um, yeah, maybe. Hey, maybe I'll talk about that uh, next time we do an episode. <laughs> yeah, like uh, I, I got a daw, and now I just I'm... got into it this week though. So like, I'm not, I'm not like very good at it. I just like, I'm, I'm still a beginner. Yeah, well, if you want to check these out, you know, you can uh, support us over at patreon.com slash melee stats. You can get these uh, in the patron section of our Discord server, uh, which you can find a link to possibly in the description of this YouTube video. Uh, you can watch this on YouTube. You can watch our podcasts uh, and you can watch other stuff that we have. You can watch it on uh, YouTube, the Melee Stats Archive. If you want to watch our long form videos, it's on YouTube Melee Stats. You can check out the tweets that we make to stuff uh, like daily reporting. Uh, you can find that at twitter.com slash pod. And if you want to see what we put out in terms of articles, you can uh, Monday morning, Marth, wins Melee. You can do so at MeleeStats.co. And uh, you're watching us on twitch.tv slash MeleeStats right now. You can always give us a... Should we show for Prime? We've never done that. We've always just said everything, but we could be those... Any hey, primers in chat? Primers? <laughs> uh, but yeah, you can... You can uh, support us through Twitch if you'd like to as well. Edwin, Amby, uh, rough waters today as the the first episode that we've done without a guest, but I think we nailed it. I think you guys are so easy to talk to. And with uh, the exception of that one question about no one saying shuffle anymore, I think this is... No one says it. No. What was the last time you heard someone say, oh, like, I shuffle narrative for them? No, no, dude. It was a totally reasonable question. You guys are just dumb. Who, no. When was the last time you've ever just, heard of Melee players talking about you? Anyone that says Shuffle no, is dude. a real gamer. That's, <laughs> that's, not that's what came out of your I'm mouth, saying. dude. That, that is, is such a straw, man, dude. Oh, no, I, I'm going to yell at you once. I, for done. one, cannot wait for the next episode of Waiting for Game, which is just going to be a 90-minute debate on whether or not people still say Shuffle. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll ask our next next guest, but I, <laughs> I, I, won't go, I won't go too much into it. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, uh, yeah, we'll be around, and uh, it was so great to be able to talk to Smash World Tour today. Hopefully, we're able to to give some knowledge to people who who might be wondering, but might not know everything. Um, so that was super sick. Yeah, I mean, thank you guys for being on, and uh, I want to thank everyone for watching and listening. This has been Winnie for Game, and then we'll see you next week. Peace. <laughs>